Meow to y'all. It's the Cutting Corner Podcast, hosted by your resident Catboy Keo, where we talk about video editing tips, tricks, and tactics to stay up to date in the competitive content creation world. Here with me today is 21-year-old Elodie, hailing from London. She's worked with fantastic creators like Wilbur Suit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Wilbur Suit. <laughs> and of course, Tommy Innit. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Elodie. Hello. <laughs> Hello, hello. Well, it's wonderful to have you. And I love that not even 20 seconds into the podcast, I've <laughs> scuffed Wilbur's name. That's okay. You know, it's part of the brand, honestly, at this point, to have a little bit of an oopsie. Not you. I mean, his brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. My brand as well. My brand as well. I mean, we could just call him Woot from here on out. That oh, could, you know. Woot. Yeah, I like that. Elodie, you've been editing content since like at least 2019 with Wilbur and even being involved with like his earlier projects like uh, Soot House. Can you recall your earliest interaction with him and how it came to be that you're involved in his production team now? <laughs> well, in class classic British style, I mm -hmm. first met Will at a Spoons, in a Weatherspoons, which is a, a chain of bars. <laughs> In the UK. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, you'll have to explain that for the US viewers at least. Yeah. No, classic student chain of bars. Think of it as the Chuck E. Cheese of England. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm sorry. I'm in a silly, goofy mood. Yeah. No. So I, Will and I went to the same university. So I sort of met oh. him through mates there. He was on the same editing course, except like a couple years above. So yeah, I met him and a bunch of my other good pals there. And then I guess we just, you know, hung out, became friends like you do. Right, right. Sure. <laughs> okay, so it was a very natural in real life connection. It wasn't actually online. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what Soul House was. I was very new to the UK, so I didn't, I didn't know any, like, I didn't know who I'm Alex was or, like, any of the UK commentary people. I had, no, I knew nothing about that scene. Sure. This whole time, I really thought that it was you putting in an application or <laughs> submitting a portfolio nah. to a post that was along the lines of looking for editors and, you know. Nah, it was like, I would literally, like, just, just hang out because we used to do D&D. &D. Mm-hmm in that household so like like it was like four people my mates Benedict Lovejoy who's the namesake of the now band uh we were all D&D &D gamers so yeah I'd just hang out and like I'd like literally just sit in the room during some of the soot house recordings and stuff like that mm. and then I don't know just sort of came to know the soot crew sort of through that vibe I guess yeah no that's really cool yeah it was it, yeah I mean it's like it's weird because it is such like an industry now and like editing and stuff but it like right it, it, it did start pretty organically for me I guess so yeah it like in terms of editing for Will it kind of started towards the end of the Soot House era we'd sort of like jokingly sort of said like oh what if I did like the subtitling because at that point, I wasn't on the editing course. I was planning to go into it the following year. I was on a foundation course. Okay. So we were sort of like, yeah, I could, like, I could do the subtitle. And like, Will was like, he could take it or leave it with that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then so how sort of faded out before we really got around to that. And that's where he started streaming and doing Minecraft stuff. The dusty old bedroom vibe where it all began. I think he did like three videos with Schlatt and then I think Benedict even did one of the initial edits for him and then he was kind of like I so I had actually just got a new job my first job ever as an adult wow. which was working as a bartender at the O2 arena which is like a massive concert place in the UK okay and essentially I was two shifts in and Will was kind of like do you want to just like try editing this Minecraft stuff for me? And I was like, 
yes, man. Like I could, I, you know, I'm not too attached to this bartending work. It, it wasn't even like, you know, my own bar. It was sort of like you'd get randomly placed in a different little serving spot every week or every month, or whatever. So it was kind of like not very personal and not like, you know. So nothing you even needed a license for, really? I, I mean, like I had like a day training. I actually probably spent more time training than I did on the job <laughs> I did a full day training uh which was basically just team building exercises yeah and then i did two shifts and then they freaking they turned me away for a shift because i was one minute late because i was getting a tesco meal deal and i you know it's on me it's on me but they said they were like no you can't come in and then i was kind of pissed off and i was like you know what i don't Is need this loss? job anyway exactly. i'm gonna go in minecraft so yeah that's how it starts now you do it for a living how <laughs> yeah. wonderful so frick you o2 arena um not really i like your venue <laughs> There goes that brand deal. <laughs> no, that that's that's awesome. So not only was it very much organic, but you were able to see the organic growth of the channel of Soot House and eventually even got to unfortunately see its dissipation. R.I.P. R.I.P. But of course, <laughs> you know, Will brought you along for the ride. Now you're working with him on it feels like everything nowadays, which is awesome. But <laughs> Another project of his that you were involved with is, of course, Lovejoy. Mm. What was that like? Do you have like a favorite experience that you had working with the band? It's kind of funny because like with the Lovejoy lads in general, like one of the dudes is also on my editing course. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we like it, it is literally. And then like one of the other dudes was in Will's old band, which I would also go hang out with. And then one of them is like a new kind of pal, that being Ash, I guess. So it felt pretty natural sort mm, of organic that, yeah yeah that i would sort of help out i love filmography like i actually i really love camera work and stuff and mm -hmm. i was reluctant to kind of specialize in editing because i don't want to lose that part of cinema i guess oh of course so i've always been really eager to kind of take any opportunity to do camera work and i mean like that for example like the what is it the vidcon vlog the sweat house VidCon yes vlog is like an yes the 2019 vidcon yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then same with Lovejoy, I was always like, hey, you know, if you want, if you're doing music videos, like, I'd love to film it. I love brainstorming. I'm always just looking to do something fun, really. So yeah. the music video stuff, I was very happy to be involved and I'm honored that they were like, sure. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we just sort of did a couple of the music videos. Well, I actually also edited, I think it was Model Buses, but they had to do like a re-edit. So RIP that. Oh, I, I filmed the one that George was in. Was it Taunt, I think? That was just classic little iPhone on a tripod clicking start and yeah. stop. So not really the greatest <laughs> film talent. but It's got charm. It's got charm. Yeah, it's got charm. Which actually has always been very true to Will's style. Had Mm. How do I say this? He kind of likes things being scuffed. Like, he won't want a perfectionist route if there's not a need for it, you know, right. which I kind of like because it makes things feel sort of just like organic, homemade. Yeah. yeah. Like, having your friends in on a shoot is like much more comfortable than maybe getting crew that you don't necessarily know, yes. I think. So, yes. like, at least right now in early days, that might change. I don't know. At least, sort of early vibes that's kind of it was a natural thing for me to help out yeah no 100 percent. and i completely agree with that sentiment like even even in things that you're trying to take you know seriously and like make real 
art with or uh, mm. products with, it does feel better to reach out to friends for help with it. Like I asked two friends of mine to help me with the podcast rather <laughs> than going out and, you know, looking for help on Fiverr. So, yo, give them a shout out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so shout out Goo Bear. Thank you so much oh. for being an amazing artist. You are so talented and wonderful. And shout out to my serval, who is a super, super, super cool audio engineer slash artist slash modeler slash. Oh, my gosh. Multi-talented. Yeah. Jack of all trades. They do an incredible work. I'll Bye. link both of them in the description for this yeah. episode. But special shout outs to them for helping out with the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for giving them that spot. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> no worries. Got to, you know, got to appreciate the whole team. Of course. Of course. To circle back to your question of favorite experience. I've got a really bad fear of heights, right? Like, okay. I would even say, especially living in London, almost debilitating because sometimes, like, I can't go on certain public transport alone because it's like <laughs> too stressful. Um, but anyway, what, what, for the opening of one day, it was like filmed on a roof, <laughs> which like it wasn't even that high up. But because my little brain is trying to concentrate so hard on holding this camera steady, oh, and it had no. like just rained, and I was standing there like leg shaking, like oh my oh, god, no. <laughs> that was kind of memorable in terms of fearing for my life. <laughs> oh my god, I'm being a bit of a drama queen. It was it was obviously not unsafe. It's just that right. I was, I was you know. <laughs> and that's your favorite experience that you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's weird, it weirdly kind of is a fun one because okay. we were on that roof for so long because we were also having to time a bus. So Ash had to get on a bus and drive by and it was like one of these like one shot scenarios like you got to get the zoom. So Honestly, I, I enjoyed that experience because it was like, I like a challenge and it was sort of like, there was a lot of camaraderie because everyone's like, you know, like we got this guys, like we got to yeah, prepare yeah. for this moment. Um, and it was fun because Will had a vision for the music video. So it was very enjoyable sort of like going through these like directions and like, I enjoyed that. I like, you know, I like a plan and I like a plan with a little bit of spontaneity thrown in there as well. So it was, it was good. That was overall a positive experience yeah so if i'm being completely honest it sounds to me like the whole production behind lovejoy is incredibly organic like just from what you were describing like wilbur wanting to go into it you know kind of not so much heavy on production but more so making sure the artistic integrity is intact before mm. you know anything else and wanting to work with friends foremost before other things yeah no i, I don't know like i i know a few other editors that work with music videos in that mm. environment and it's very you know very professional and it uh it's it feels almost alien stepping into that <laughs> set you know of, of filming but yeah uh, for you it's if it, it sounds very different from what they uh, my my other editing friends have ex uh, explained to me oh yeah i mean I'm, I'm super lucky in a lot of ways because like a lot and it's the same with editing for will early on in general like it's been a really positive experience in terms of i didn't go into a super high pressure environment but just because I have really high standards for myself. So that was kind of pushing me 
but like the environment itself was very sort of open and there was a lot of like leniency in terms of creativity like like respectfully like will kind of didn't really mind what the hell i did with the edits like <laughs> when it came to the minecraft the early minecraft stuff like the you know the, the length of the video mattered and obviously he'd watch it through but like i don't know like generally we wouldn't have like an extensive review process or anything he'd okay. just like he'd just tell me maybe one or two things and then like we'd sort that out but it was really great in terms of for a first editing job which is pretty much what it was like mm -hmm. it felt like a very comfortable environment because like we could literally like go hang out and i'll show the video and then it's like okay cool like this is what we can work on or whatever so i'm very grateful for that because it really helped me kind of learn my quote unquote style yeah of course i guess in like a kind of open way yeah, I think having Will be your first gig, so to speak, is a hell of a portfolio kickoff. <laughs> it's a strange one because like when the channel started, there wasn't intention for it to, well, not intention, but like there wasn't expectation for it to grow or like for either of us to be where we are mm. now kind of thing. It was just sort of like, right. let's try this Minecraft thing. Let's try this streaming thing see where it takes us sort of vibe. Right. And when you started working with him and helping him out with the channel, do you remember where the numbers were sitting at, just out of curiosity? Oh, the first streams were only at like 90 people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I guess that was just people from like, I guess like the Storehouse Discord or whoever. Sure. And then I do remember them like creeping up in numbers. Like it was really weird because, I, you know, I try and watch the streams because I'm going to be editing them. So I used to really enjoy sort of being in on that. Right. But yeah, I remember the streams definitely growing in numbers. And in terms of the YouTube stuff, fortunately, that kind of popped off pretty early because the first few videos were shot. The the five by five skies, which is like the first videos on the channel, like is sort of sitting at like a million views. The first one is like th almost three million now. But I do remember they did fairly well from the start. But I didn't have like much perception of numbers. I'm not a numbery gal, so I'm just sure. like I don't honestly I don't really. I never really was like, oh, it got this many like views. It was more sort of, I would more be like looking at the comments or like, yeah, yeah, like looking at the response in that sense or sort of rewatching the video myself and being like, oh, like, was this right? Feedback good? more than, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I definitely know a lot of people that are very number centric, and I don't think it's a negative thing per se, mm. but it's definitely a different way to look at content and ways of growing content. Um, but it sounds like for the most part, at least you as an editor mm. weren't really concerned about numerical growth as much as you were making sure that people were enjoying the content, you know, via the comments and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say so. I honestly just didn't have much perception of like, because it's not my channel, you know, it's not like my, <laughs> maybe right, this is, exactly. I guess I'm sort of detached from it in that sense. And because it was like, I was more just there for the sense of humor. Like that's why me and Will work together because we had a similar sense of humor. Sure, sure. So it's like, that was always sort of my priority, just making sure things were funny and fun. And like that his story and his like characterization was being told through the videos. Right. Obviously if they did well, that's great, but it's not like, it's not like that would benefit me monetarily for example which maybe for other people that's much more of a drive if it when, when it is directly your I, channel I think that's or, exactly yeah. the point yeah because you know I could name a, a handful of editors off the top of my head that analyze their editing style or you know an edit that they just finished and say you know does this retain 
the viewer, you know, past this, you know, marker, you know, is this going to get them through the mid rolls? It's it very much, you know, dilutes into a numbers game, but mm, it's different mentality for sure. And like w working for Tommy, like I'll, I guess we might get into that more later, but like, yeah, we will. Um, like working with Tommy is definitely different in terms of I do have a little bit more of the strategic mindset, let's say. But like mm -hmm. with the world videos, especially the early stuff like SMP and that kind of thing, like SMP mm -hmm. Live, sorry, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was I I just didn't know, honestly. I didn't have that information. If Will was happy with it, then I was happy with it. Like and it, as I said, there wasn't an intensive feedback process. So it was right. more just like, yeah, nice. And that was like it. You know, so like right. to me, yeah, that's you definitely a win. <laughs> didn't need you didn't need to know, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. As long as you were doing the uh, the work creatively, then that's what mattered. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's, I'm very lucky in a lot of ways for that to be my initial experience. So, was it through Wilbur? I'm assuming that Tommy found out about you, or was it a completely separate development, like down the line? So, I guess it would have been through Will. I'm trying to even figure out when they met. Um, right. God, when when did they meet? Do you know? Uh, I want to say they probably knew about each other twenty early twenty nineteen, mm. but I I could be I could be way off on that. I I I'm not a good source of uh, oh, information. I remember S and P Earth. I believe is when they first properly interacted. Okay. I think it was yeah. I think will. So I was actually in our friend group, the one I mentioned, mm. the D and D group. That was the original mm. SMPF. We were we had all the nations and stuff, and I was Norway. Um, and then from that, after that, sort of like you know, Minecraft, you have a few intensive weeks on it. When that sort of mm. drifted off, that's when we'll put together like the proper streamer ah. one. That's just I don't know. That, there's not. That's just a little fun factoid. No, I was yeah, Norway. That is a fun I was fact. there. <laughs> so I don't know who was Norway in the real one, but I'm coming for you. Uh, I say real, the second one. <laughs> the, the second one, I the, gotcha. The legit one, I don't know. So you were you were in the SMP Earth preamble, I see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting, okay. Oh, dude, I had a whole Viking village. It was so swag-tastic. Oh, my God. But yeah, so what was the thing? Oh, yeah, Tommy and Will. So I believe they met on the first SMP Earth, and then I think that's when, like, I guess the friendship blossomed. Sure. And then I remember, like... I remember vaguely talking about Tommy, like with, with Will, just in terms of the editing stuff, you know, like contextualizing edits and stuff. And then I think I remember like early 2020, maybe being on like we were like waiting for the DLR or something. Uh, sorry, that's we're waiting for like tra public transport. Um, okay. And Will said something along the lines of like, oh, like Tommy really likes your editing, by the way. And I was like, what the frick? <laughs> <laughs> like, at this point, I you know I knew who Tommy was, and I was like, "Oh, right. damn, that's that's really cool." Like, I appreciate that because he clearly had a very intense style of his own. Sure, sure. So I was sort of like, "Oh my god!" And then that was sort of in the back of my mind. And then I remember, I think I went away for Christmas, and I was in. I basically got stuck at home for Christmas for like four months because of pandemic. Right, of course. If you've ever heard of it, yeah, this little thing called. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> I don't know if I can put that in the podcast without it being demonetized. <laughs> so I'm just going <coughs> to. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so during that time, that was early 2021, I guess. And Will was sort of doing more music stuff slash like just not really doing YouTube much in general. So like this <clears> was the, I remember that was a really weird time for me because I'd gone from doing sort of like regular couple videos a month for Will 
if not more, to like suddenly kind of like nothing. <laughs> so I was sort of keen to do some more editing in general. And I think he knew that like he wasn't going to be producing much that year. So I think he was pretty like happy to refer me. So he was kind of like, I hey, see. do you want to like do a trial video for Tommy? And I was like, oh, frick, yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess so. Like I kind of want something to fill my time and I miss editing. So then in, I did my very first Tommy edit in a hotel quarantine. <laughs> wow. Um, I had it I had on my really scuffed laptop. And I remember like I was sitting in this room alone for 10 days straight working on this Minecraft video. I think I want to say it was the surgery mod. I, I think that was the first one. Yeah, I sort of I did that. And that was also my first time like properly, I guess, directly messaging with tommy i think i'd like been a couple of calls with him or something i can't remember okay well had i met him i don't know time dude it's an illusion <laughs> yeah so i don't know i did i did the first minecraft edit i believe it was positive <laughs> in sure. general um i remember tommy really liked how i did the music on it which was a big big surprise because i had ne okay one little Will thing is that he likes his Incompetech jazz music, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, if I had done other stuff, he probably would not have opposed been opposed to it. But I just got mm -hmm. so lazy in terms of because like that's that's all he like requested. So I was like, okay, I'll just slap a couple like tracks in the background. The the most important part is getting those comedic cuts in, right? So like, of course, to me, like that was just that was just the vibe. Incompetech, I had like. A very set sound library for Will. Yeah, I can't hear any of those songs now about just that immediately back. flashing back to it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, so this was the first time I'd use like video game music and like any Nintendo music in an edit ever. And Tommy really liked that part, and he said I did that yeah. bit really well. And I was like, what? Sorry, that's probably gonna. Sorry. No, 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 no. Sorry, it's okay. I balance it all out. Don't even worry. So yeah, that was fun, and that was my first time using Frame. Frame.io. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is really great. In general, like, I really enjoyed the review process because, like, I I like editing and I like challenges and I sure. like, you know, I'm a little teacher's pet. Like, I want to <laughs> I wanna do things well and I want it to be difficult and I want to keep improving and blah, 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 blah. Um, so... I think it's, I think it's a good trait. Uh, I can you so. <laughs> Can you explain Frame.io mm. to those that don't know what it is? Yeah, so Frame.io is essentially, it's a very simple platform. It's basically just you pop a video in. Anyone else who can access the video can click on it and just write random comments at different timestamps and it will log all those comments. And then other people can then go and tick them as done or add replies or like color code them. So it's it's very good in that it's quite a simple software. It's just very useful for video review processes. And you can send it with, like you can share it with anyone. So it's easy. That's really cool. I, yeah, I've worked with Tommy for a few videos and we mm. used Frame.io, I think for a bit. If I'm not misremembering, it's been a long time, but um, <laughs> what yeah, were you guys I, I would. In? Oh, uh, we were. Let's see. I remember the co-workers here. Uh, we're technically yeah, we, we were technically <laughs> co-workers for a blip in time. No, we we were working uh, on a FNAF video, FNAF Four. Oh my I gosh! Think. And that's right. He 
I think he was in a call with Technoblade <laughs> and he was like trying to like get him to calm him down while he was playing the game. It was, it was good fun. Aww. And then another one that I did was I think sell, I think the, the title of the video mm. was like selling bath water to <laughs> bad boy <Good>. Halo. <laughs> I think that's what it was. And that was a good, that was a good fun edit. But unfortunately just like mm. the editing styles just didn't sync up well between us, which was totally yeah, fine. Yeah, that's fair. And that's something it's I, I want to... a very specific style. <laughs> definitely. Oh, definitely. And that's something I wanted to kind of talk about. So it's perfect that you mentioned it. A lot of, uh, especially bigger creators mm. that have like a very distinct style and mm. a way that they run channels and they have a very specific way of getting things done, basically. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's it should be a little bit more commonplace to give those channels... Sympathy might be the wrong word, mm. but a little bit more forgiveness if they are quick to dismiss or quick to, you know, say, no, sorry, mm. it's just not my style. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I see a lot of people apply for like really big jobs. And if it's just not like the perfect sync mm -hmm. and, you know, you just don't click, you know, exactly how they want. Uh, you know, I know it can be soul crushing for the editor, mm. but I think more editors need to understand that it's not... The, it's not the their skill. It's right, right. It's not a matter of whether or not you can do it. It's whether yeah. or not they think you'll work together and be a perfect fit for the team. Because like when yeah. you're that size, you really do need to be a perfect fit. Dude, people want you to read their mind. That's like that. You know, that's why me and Will and she worked well together because we were already similar sense of humor. Like yeah, it's like yeah. the ideal. <laughs> employee is someone that you kind of don't need to say anything to you know and that's exactly difficult. Yeah. that's really difficult to find someone who's a fit like that like and it's difficult to fill that role and it's 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 also absolutely not boding to your skill level or your like you know your abilities in general it's just i don't know it's also something that's very fluid like as the creator's style changes like maybe or like the content changes like they might want to try new things and blah blah blah, blah, blah. it's it is difficult. I think it's also slightly a two-way street. Like sometimes, because it's so hard to put into words, sometimes creators aren't very good at communicating that to oh, sure, an editor sure. because like they don't know what to say. But at the same time, like absolutely, like I I would advise young editors <laughs> to like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not take it to heart if a creator no, doesn't yeah. instantly like click with you or like. It, I don't know. It's it's one of those. It's a very strange, unspoken kind of vibe, I guess. <laughs> and when you say unspoken vibe, do you just mean like like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying mm. to fully digest what you're yeah, getting yeah. at? Um, Dude, I barely even know. So, <laughs> but I, I, I I'm trying I'm trying to say something. I just can't really put it into words very well. I don't know if I've communicated it. You know, actually, I I'd 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 have a piece of advice in this genre sure. in terms of like, I would say that the content you enjoy, not always, but like the content you really enjoy consuming, it's probably a great direction to like try and go in. Like mm -hmm. in terms of applying for jobs, like like message creators, assuming they don't already have an editor, like please don't step on anyone's toes, but like message creators that you enjoy, because if you feel like you have a connection with their content, like there's more likelihood that a sort of unspoken relationship will be there in terms of the editing process. I would like, right, I would right. think kind of thing. No, I, I absolutely agree. Like, I can't tell you how many like side gigs I've gotten from like streamers that 
Mm-hmm. Well, A, know that I edit, right? It's like kind of mm. like my whole uh, internet presence. <laughs> That's your thing. <laughs> right. It's my it's my thing. But because they know I edit and mm. I just kind of hang out in their chat, you know, yeah. uh, on Twitch, if they're like in the process of trying to grow mm. their YouTube channel, we kind of already have that connection. And because I watch their content, I'm familiar with it. And no, you know, exactly. they, they're familiar with my work. They trust me. Um, and that's not going to be a mirror situation for every single person, of course. Yeah. But... It does help to start small and start real, mm. start realistic. The less they have to tell you about what they like, the better. Like it's, it would go for any job, not just editing. But like, you know, the less they need to sort of try and explain something, it's going to make the process easier for everyone. So if you like, if there is that kind of understanding or prerequisite of knowledge, then that's really really helpful in terms of achieving that like kind of job connection, I suppose. Right. Right. Not saying store creators until they give you a job. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please, Please don't, don't do that. that. <laughs> so, Elodie, and like, uh, how, how should I phrase this? <laughs> so we're in like an ecosystem where show reels look really, really, really similar <laughs> to mm. each other. And it's a super competitive sphere of editors that I feel like they get better and better yeah. at what they do by the day. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. What is it about your work that you think makes it stick out from the rest? Uh, I mean, firstly, I definitely don't think. I think there's a lot of luck (laughs) thrown into everything I do. Uh, If we're talking numerically, like uh, evaluating someone's achievement numerically, then like a lot of where I am is due to luck and that sort of thing. And I'm very grateful for it. Well, I I think you're being very humble, but (laughs) a lot of of people can attribute many things to luck you know included with their mm. skill but it doesn't that's you know, that that's it's, it's, it doesn't it define their skills i'd say a key aspect i would attribute to my sort of stuff is like it's absolutely like not technical prowess there are so many incredible editors who do like wacky wild artifacts and general like beautifully polished work that i can only aspire to I'd say with my stuff, it's maybe a bit more kind of like that unspoken sense of like narrative or like storytelling. Like, as I said, I, I've always really loved just sort of film in general, not just editing. Right. So I feel like I maybe enjoy that kind of bigger picture sense of like pacing or story or characterization, which is which is something in regards to the show reels. I would say it's very difficult to show in a showreel uh, because, you know, yeah. showreels inherently a couple minutes tops. I've really struggled to do this in my uni. Like, how do, how do I get across my skill that isn't yeah. purely technical, flashy stuff? Exactly. I would say, like, as a kind of maybe a showreel piece of advice, if you are a bit more like me and lean less towards the technical, flashy side and more towards the kind of, like, longer form content or like comedic I know how to tell a story yeah like if you lean more towards that i would say just do not do a conventional show real full stop do a skit like go and like film or like you know whatever like if you can't actually no film it like screw it if you don't think you're good at filming like just literally set up a still iphone with some kind of like symmetrical background you know go wes anderson with it like it doesn't have to yeah, be, yeah yeah it doesn't have to look incredible because the whole point is if you can get that kind of like creativity across in my opinion that's the most important thing like showing potential and ability to grow and just creative energy is 
like definitely gonna make you stand out more than showing like in my opinion technical skill at least yeah if you're if you're trying to get nowadays. hired by other creatives <laughs> yeah it makes sense to showcase your creativity and not just uh technical prowess like know? i i've not seen enough showreels that are just like literally like a one minute like creepy ass video like you know or like a like a little i don't know it's it's hard to put into words because that i don't think there should be a recipe or a format for showing no. your creativity like right. literally pick something you enjoy pick something you're passionate about and try and communicate that in a in a short form piece of content that doesn't, doesn't mean have to just be listing your skills, 120 like, seconds exactly yeah it like just you know like as as a extra side note as well in terms of aside from breaking the mold and doing a short form piece of creative content that is less conventional i'd say also applying it to like the creator that you're maybe trying to appeal to is good like definitely if you're making a very general very nice thing then yeah that has a wider that casts a wider net but it's also it doesn't catch attention in the same way like maybe if you want to be applying to for example like commentary or like minecraft stuff like you should be really targeting that area with like a little creative punch or even the creator themselves again don't step on editors toes if they already have them but like try and really show that you are a unique Different. fit for their style mm -hmm. as opposed to just like you're kind of generally like kind of fine at everything like i you know like i don't care we're not doing like a whole film industry here like you are picking a specific role and a specific person to work for like try right. and appeal to that i guess no no i, I say 100 having not made a show reel so please excuse me on that <laughs> <laughs> Such no a no no i but... <laughs> i i asked for the advice it's all good no i i completely agree in the sense that like if you are appealing to certain creatives, then it makes sense to try to shine those specific creative things that you're good at yourself uh, instead of trying to overgeneralize everything that you can do. Mm. Because if you try to cast that wider net, it's going to be more difficult finding someone that you will absolutely click with, whereas yeah. you're going to have better luck finding someone that, you know, is just right up your alley or vice versa uh, because you were very specific in your show reel and what you can do. So yeah. I'd also say like a sort of a skill that you can't communicate necessarily in your show reel, but I would recommend trying to communicate through your vibe when you get the opportunity to work with someone is like storytelling. Oh my god, no deadlines! <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, deadlines! Meet them! Oh my god! Like just if you can consistently, at least for like you know the first couple months of working with someone, show that you're meeting those deadlines or at least that you're communicating really well, then that is huge. I don't think enough people understand the impact of like reliability. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, with as many things that you've, you know, you've done, you've certainly built up your own portfolio uh, that, you know, should you ever be looking for more editing work, you would certainly be able to do it. Like you've dabbled in all kinds of content from what I know. You've done vlogging, uh, TV show-esque editing, podcasting, art <laughs> films, PSAs, oh, music dude. videos. I miss, um, I miss A-Level. I miss like, because I lived in Dubai, right? And there was not a big film scene there, but they would have these random competitions. And because there wasn't a big film scene, essentially, because Dubai is like a small pond, you know, to use right. big fish small pond analogy, Right. Especially when it comes to creative industry, especially when it comes to school age. I was so lucky because 
barely any people would enter the competitions and like those who did like they didn't really care i was very lucky that it was really easy, oh, easy to, to stand out you well. mean yeah it was okay. like it was great and it was a really good for that time in my life like little confidence boost because like hey this sure. actually this industry is something i'm really enjoying i'm kind of doing fairly well in like and also because i was lucky enough to have those kind of company names like sony and dubai's uh Dubai Electricity and Water Authority, <laughs> um, which is basically just the government. But yeah, like it, it was really a great opportunity because it meant I could put these kind of flashy looking names on my CV when I was applying to unis. And like the reality of the situation is, oh my God, those films are pretty mediocre at best, you know? But like, I guess it's one of those things of just obviously there's again a lot of luck in that situation. But if you can seek out weird little opportunities like that, um, especially like little niche ones that not many people are going for, then that's definitely a good experience. And like, even in the YouTube space, just having some random ass stuff on your kind of experience list is is I think good. Yeah, you know, it adds it adds also to that credibility kind of vibe. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, this isn't really advice. It's more just like lamau. <laughs> <laughs> No, just to buy man. Okay. It was wacky. God, I'm so happy I don't live there anymore. <laughs> just sorry, anyone who lives in Dubai. Um, I love you. <laughs> I think we have like maybe one or two listeners in Dubai <laughs> just because of my Spotify statistics. Oh my gosh, amazing! I love you, Dubai people. I just don't <laughs> love the government, and I could say that now. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like, for example, the conservation award right which like mm -hmm. i don't know like a couple of the schools entered maybe the biggest the, the absolute most ironic thing because they'd rented out this massive event space all these lights like the most anti-environmental event <laughs> you can imagine like electricity like ac blasting like <laughs> so much unnecessary fluff and yeah. then it was a it was a blooming conservation award. Like, bro, how how unself-aware wow. can you be? Anyway, uh, Dubai. That's, uh, that's that my is little rant about. I, it's fine. It's fine. About Dubai rant. Yeah, I'm just gonna label this section rant about Dubai. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I, it's fine. I don't plan to live there again. It's probably fine. <laughs> Although I am literally going there in next week, so that's fine. It'll it come out, out after that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ooh, 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 don't arrest me. <laughs> so yeah, I was listing everything that you were uh, familiar with, at least content wise, like, you know, your uh, music videos, the vlogging, uh, all things like that. Do you have a particular preference or one that mm. you really, really like to do? Maybe you have one that you haven't done in a while that you want to return to? Yeah, I am. Um, so I like I like the music videos because they're usually very visually stimulating i guess you can say um mm -hmm. and there's a lot of creative opportunity especially uh especially when i get the opportunity to be involved a bit more behind the scenes like pre-production i did another music video where i was sort of helping out on set filming and then i i color graded that which was so much fun like i hadn't had a big opportunity to do color grading and that was kind of a great creative one i generally really enjoy plot heavy stuff because i think it is a kind of good area a good use of my sort of skills sure like the i mean the smp stuff was really fun oh my gosh with the dream smp i remember like i was you know i was keeping up with the streams and stuff right like as to mm -hmm. the best of my ability as a uni going gal but like when i was editing some of those first season one <laughs> 
stuff. I literally was like having to message you and I was like, who the hell is this? Wait, like, who's this character? And I was like going through the wikis and like yeah, yeah, fact checking yeah. myself because I was like, I can't, I can't have this edit misrepresent the law, you know? I, um, yeah, 100%. I had to <laughs> so do the exact same thing for uh, Epic SMP. I did the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's, yeah, I, I genuinely, I was really worried that I would have to do another edit because I was not, I do not know anything that's happened since season one. And I was I, like, if if Will asked me to do an edit, I'm just going to be, I'm going to have to watch so many commentary breakdown videos because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At least they exist, right? At least someone's <laughs> yeah, doing the work. This is true. This is true. In terms of other things I really enjoy, I've honestly, I've loved doing the vlogs. Like, like I, I did slash do really enjoy editing gaming content, but like, mm -hmm. because the vlogs are very different each time, they're really like fun to work on. And I like that there's so many different people involved because I get to play around with like a lot of different sort of like character dynamics. And like, yeah. in terms of sort of the, I guess you could say, plot for each vlog like obviously it's real life but it's also like you know sometimes like tommy will go into like a little bit of like a slightly more goofy character or like goblin mode yeah goblin mode exactly and, or, and, and then it's like okay like how can i how can i tie this in and like how can i present people a certain way again not in like a falsehood kind of way but more like right to really make this story How do like, I play the most into this? entertaining. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, what's what's the funnest kind of way I can reflect all these people? And I say characters, I, I mean people, but like, obviously, right. in content no, no, no. mode kind of people. Right. <laughs> so I really enjoy that. And there's always new challenges with the vlogs. Like, you know, they're, they're filmed differently, whether it's like iPhones or someone else filming. Like, it'll mm. be GoPros or like for the roast, it was like a proper, like, big Sony cameras. And I like that diversity. I, I kind love of that video, by the way. The, the oh, roast. Thank you. Oh man, thank what you. a good that video. Was, that was like a fun one in terms of like figuring out the format because it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Dude, I just love like sitting. I love the start of an edit. I both love and hate it because you sit down and you're like, oh god, I've got this massive mountain to climb and I only have five days to do it. <laughs> right. Like, where do I, like, ha guess you just, you just got to start climbing. You know, you just got to start going. 100%. That's. I, um... I love that. I love the challenge. That's my biggest struggle, I think, still to this day as an editor mm. is just sitting down and just doing it, <laughs> I think, is the hardest part. I know uh, it sounds stupid, but no, like it's, it, it is. It is really hard. I could have the simplest task for yeah. the day and I sit down and I'm like, yeah, but that requires work. You know what I mean? Like, no, I So I, I did 10 hours of editing yesterday um, mm -hmm. and then the day before, comparatively, maybe not even half that, you know? And it's like I was in the same environment. I had the same same pressure, same deadline. It is definitely one of those things where like sometimes you just can't. You just can't focus. You are not in the zone. Whatever it is, like life's in the way, but or like your heart's not in it. I don't know. There's it's definitely an interesting one in terms of kind of tracking one's own productivity, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love editing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to be our, our filler between each? Oh, I love you know, editing. Like, I'm a little I, editing I'm, goblin. I'm a little edit gremlin. But like, I've had people kind of like ask if I want to go into content creation stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, although there's definitely areas I would love to do more, like I really like streaming and like I have ideas for things I would love to do in the future and like not the time to do them, even outside of kind of, you know, like maybe like fashion stuff, like I don't know. But like 
at the same time, I just don't know if I could let go of editing, specifically for other people. Like, I mm -hmm. really like that drive, and I really like kind of having, you know, a review process. And I just, yeah, I find yeah. so much gratification and a sense of productivity and achievement in that. Like, the high I get after I finish an edit, dude. Not me getting high, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Mom, I don't get high, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but the, like, the rush, the adrenaline rush of finishing an edit, seeing it going up, and just being like, oh, I did it. Like, I just did six days straight of work, and, yeah, like, I yeah. didn't sleep for two of them, and, oh my god, and I feel awesome. <laughs> I definitely used to get that. I don't know if I experienced that as much anymore. For me, it's so mm -hmm. strange. The I can't even call it an adrenaline rush, but like yeah. the the moment of happiness that hits for me is when I I finish it, I export it, I upload it mm -hmm. to the drive. I'm under the relief. You know, uh, yeah, I'm just like, huh. And then I get up and I just smack my face down on my bed and then yes. I just pass out. That Good. is the moment of gratification where I'm like, oh, okay, now I can no, sleep. No, I feel that. I definitely feel that. <laughs> I don't even that get is... hype anymore. I'm just like, ah, uh, nap time. Honestly, it could go either way. It depends when I've last yeah. slept, but usually I'm on a little bit of a... I guess it is adrenaline for a couple hours and then that night I have oh my god the most awesome sleep best sleep yeah, yeah. for sure um also I do I'm not uh please don't mirror my life habits I have really really awful editing <laughs> life habits so do not take this as oh I guess I need to not sleep for two days in order to be a YouTube editor no please go to bed uh I just I guess I don't I'm a vampire. I don't know. I don't really need much sleep. I think I don't. I don't even know if that needs to be said. Just because all yeah. editors are inherently <laughs> terrible at sleeping at normal times. Dude, I so. drink that blue light. It keeps me awake all night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got the the blue light for just my monitor background. Just <laughs> yeah, just radiate in it. Sometimes I'll take my my blue light glasses off just to get a hit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do you uh, actually own a pair of those uh glasses I, I do i genuinely i used to get really bad head i had this week where if every time i went to bed i would wake up extremely nauseous awful headache and i was like this can't keep happening like i already don't like going to bed and so the fact that i can't even wake up feeling good is like really really grim troublesome yeah um and it was pretty bad like i had it on and off for definitely like a good few months and then i had this awful week of it and i was like help mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like someone a few people suggested it's probably blue light and genuinely since i got these blue light glasses i have not had it since so wow. even if you think it's not affecting you uh, if you're sitting at that screen for like a week straight like right for that long yeah this this for me was proof that it was because i have yeah i haven't had it since so there's a little fun health tip for you yeah yeah worth worth looking into i uh, my glasses that I have prescription, it came as like a feature that you can ask for when oh, you're yeah, getting yeah. your glasses. Like you can get them built into your lenses. So if you're, you know, in the market to get new glasses soon, mm. definitely keep that in mind if you're an editor. So. <laughs> can I tell you such a... <laughs> yeah, what's, what's you, up? You just, <laughs> you just brought back such a cast memory. Oh, oh my no. god. This is a little perspective into the life of an 11-year-old Elodie. I was a loser. I was a cool loser, uh, says okay. me. No one else thought that. Yeah, I had these, because it was Dubai, okay? And I was like, oh, it's so sunny and hot. And like, when I got one of my early glasses prescriptions, 
my mom was like, oh, you should get the sunglasses built in. Which basically means anytime <laughs> yes. you go into the sun, extreme sun, they go they go the shade, like sunglasses shade, right? Right. So I, being an 11-year-old, was like, sure, that sounds fine and cool. And I think these were like my backup pair anyway. As life does, they were no longer the backup pair. They were my only pair after I'd broken my other ones. And I used to have to go out because my, my school had like an outside area to get to between the classes. And mm-hmm. every single time I went outside, they would immediately... Immediately go sunglasses black. So oh I would back into the school corridor with, with sunglasses. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing. Like I would literally oh hide my, my face because I just realized I must look like the biggest dweeb. Like, oh my god. <laughs> That's anyway, hilarious. It's it's uh tragic. No, it's a it's a at least it makes for a great story. <laughs> I hope so. I don't I I I as I said, I'm a little silly goofy. Sometimes I really can't tell. I just will have I genuinely had such a laughing fit the other night. I was sitting here editing and it was like four AM and I was I could not stop laughing. I literally had to step away from my PC. Oh my god, I went to the dentist the other day. Sorry, I'm really on a whole tangent right now. <laughs> Please by all means. It's all good. <laughs> I went to the and, you know, they have their hands in your mouth. They're doing their business. I was getting my teeth cleaned or whatever the frick because I hadn't done it for two years. And yeah. I was like, this is this is what adults do, right? Yes. And then, because it was this dude and this woman leaning over me, and they were really nice, so I wasn't, like, uncomfortable. But it, like, I started, like... I started laughing, but like they had this like clamp on my mouth. So I was there, like my body was just like, I was lying on this table, like shaking. And they were like, are you okay? Like they thought I was, they clearly thought I was like having a panic attack or something. And I was like, <laughs> and they like took their hands out of my mouth. And I was like, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. I just, and I literally had to like have a breather and get this laugh out. And they looked at each other like, oh, it's, it's fine. This is normal. It's just... <laughs> it's, normal. it's normal. It's normal. It's probably normal. I... <laughs> you know, just, you gotta troll it all your way through life. There's too much, too much negativity not to just manically laugh at everything. I suppose that's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> Elodie, we are approaching the end of the podcast here. Uh, I want to <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. You're the most and... unhinged guest so far. <laughs> so far. It'll get more unhinged. Uh... Not to say you are unhinged, but it will get much more unhinged, I am certain yeah. of it, considering the lineup we have here this month. Oh, so. I'm very, very excited. Hey, if you are listening right now, uh, go leave a little nice comment for Kyo because he works so hard on these. He's <laughs> working his, his little tail off. Okay, so thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, no, but for real, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, taking your time to sit and chat with me for a bit and sharing your stories and all that. I'm very, very honored. I'd love to have you back on the show sometime in the future. With more dentist stories to tell. Yeah, with more dentist stories, less <laughs> editing, okay? Yeah, that's exactly, that's the focus. No, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. I'm genuinely shocked and honored that you, you y'all want to hear from me. So thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate it. And Sports where fan. can... <laughs> where can people find you if they would like to follow your usually in a dark dark pit which is my bedroom editing <laughs> consuming blue light no um on twitter.com i am elodie gif not gif sorry on instagram i'm elodie.gif but with a real dot and then i don't know you can it's elodie with three o's on twitch and and you can you know just do a little dig around maybe you'll find some other stuff is yeah <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Elodie. You've been a blessing. Uh, I hope to chat with you again soon. Yeah. 
it's been lovely thank you so much goodbye everybody mm -hmm.